Welcome, everyone. This is a Council of Institutional Investors educational podcast. I'm Jeff Mahoney, General Counsel of CII. I'm truly honored to have as our guest today, Elise J. Bean. For nearly 30 years, beginning in 1985, Ms. Bean worked as legal counsel to Senator Carl Levin on the U.S. Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee of the United States Senate. Ms. Bean is the author of a fascinating new book entitled Financial Exposure, Carl Levin's Senate Investigations into Finance and Tax Abuse. Welcome, Elise. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Elise, your book chronicles over 15 years of key investigations undertaken by the United States Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations. Of all those investigations detailed in your book, which single investigation do you believe had the biggest impact on U.S. investors? I'd have to say Enron. It's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, It exposed accounting fraud using complex financial structures. So what we did is we looked at Enron and we looked at these complex deals, White Wing, the Raptors, LGM deals, in which subsidiaries or, or friendly companies pretended to buy poorly performing assets from Enron. That made the Enron books look better and they booked sales income. But what was hidden at the time from investors was that Enron had guaranteed the loans used to buy that junk or they had promised to buy it back later on. And what the investigation did is expose those phony sales and that their auditor, Arthur Anderson, had approved those transactions despite very aggressive accounting. It was really deceptive. The other thing the investigation did is we looked at the lenders to Enron, and we found that they had also engaged in very aggressive accounting and used structured finance deals to hide about $8 billion in secret loans to Enron. Uh, This was Citi and Chase. Uh, Each of the banks had set up offshore shells that they secretly controlled, and they engaged in these sort of fake three-way energy trades with Enron that were really loans but were never reported as debt on Enron's financial statements. So uh, the end result is that we were able to add momentum for two big reforms. There was the Sarbanes-Oxley Act in 2002. It set up the PCAOB to police auditors of publicly traded companies. They started the annual certifications by the CEOs that financial statements fairly reported company finances. We also had some guidance issued by the SEC and bank regulators that you cannot use structured finance for misleading accounting or tax evasion. You would think that would be clear, but they put it in writing. And they said the misuse of structured finance is really an unsafe and unsound banking practice. And that stopped those the lenders from creating financial products that helped companies cheat and hide debt on their financial statements. So I think that was a really big win for investors. Speaking of your Enron investigation, that's discussed in chapter four of your book. And in that chapter, you have a paragraph that states the following, quote, unfortunately, even after Enron's bankruptcy, its accounting firm's downfall, the jailing of its executives and widespread condemnation of its actions, too many U.S. businesses appear to continue to copy Enron's discredited business model. Too many businesses still try to profit from complex financial gimmicks instead of real products and services. Too many dabble in accounting deceptions, structured finance rackets, executive pay excesses, commodity price manipulation, offshore schemes, and tax scams, an ongoing disservice to corporate America, unquote. Can you give some current examples of U.S. corporations that you believe are copying Enron's discredited business model? 
Well, sure. The the financial crisis is probably the, the most blatant one when financial institutions were using things like synthetic CDOs to make money from toxic mortgages, unsafe high-risk mortgages. But there are a lot of other examples, too, the, the London whale trade, where they use credit default swaps to try to reduce risk instead of just selling off high-risk assets. There's a lot of other examples as well collusion to artificially fix LIBOR interest rates or foreign exchange rates to make money on other financial products in other markets. There's still a lot of deceptive conduct out there. Elise, if, if you were Senator Rob Portman, who's the current chair of the Subcommittee on Permanent Investigations, and you were interested in conducting an investigation that would focus on benefiting investors, what, what issue or issues would you choose to investigate today? Well, PSI has really turned more to things like opioids and drug price gouging, things like that. But if they were to look at a financial issue, I think one of the most important is the current attacks on the Volcker Rule. There was a 2018 proposed rule to roll back a lot of the protections that the Volcker Rule created. And I think we've all found that it's dangerous to allow federally insured banks to start to trade for themselves and against their clients. That's just a really bad idea, but that's a proposal to really roll back a lot of the vocal rule. There's also corporate debt problems, very high levels, and complex financial products. That would be another area that I would look at. As I indicated in the introduction, you worked closely with Senator Carl Levin for, for nearly 30 years. Can you share with us one of your favorite stories about the longest-serving senator from the great state of Michigan, Carl Levin? Well, Carl Levin was just an amazing senator, a wonderful person to work for, and he understood the complexities of financial issues. He did his homework, and then he was great in the hearings that we held. So that's, you know, a sort of trifecta of skills that really made him a joy to work for. And, and, and one of the stories, we did a, an investigation at KPMG looking into tax shelters, they call them tax products, that really help people cheat on their taxes, but KPMG claimed that, no, they're, these are really just investment products that happen to have, you know, some attractive attributes. Well, Levin had a, um, in one of our hearings, he went after a guy named Jeffrey Eichheit, who was one of the tax partners at KPMG, about whether their tax products were really tax reduction strategies. And uh, Mr. Eichheit said, no, 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 that's not what they were. And Levin went through a whole series of documents uh, he had first documents from other firms describing these tax products as tax reduction strategies. And Mr. Eichheit said, hey, I, I'm not responsible for that. that. Those are other people. And then Levin had some documents from uh, people within KPMG using those same descriptions. And Mr. Eichheit said, hey, you know, that's not me. Those are people in KPMG, but I'm not responsible for what they say. And then he said, well, here's a document with the same type of description, and it's signed by you, by Jeff. That's you, right? I'm not sure how to change my answer. And Levin responded, try an honest answer. And so we had those, that ability to go through those complex documents to make a point in a very dramatic way. He also put key, on, key in on some little detail that just exposed the whole thing. He looked at how KPMG set their fees for these tax products according to how much loss they produced because they were trying to generate losses, paper, phony losses that people could use to then offset their income and lower their tax bills. And that point that the fees were linked to losses just showed how these were not really investment products. So he was just a, a terrific senator that could cut to the heart of an issue and illustrate it in a really understandable way 
to expose what was going on. Thank you. That concludes our program for today. On behalf of the Council of Institutional Investors, I want to thank our special guest, Elise J. Bead. I highly recommend her book. It's again, it's entitled Financial Exposure, Carl Levin's Senate Investigations into Finance and Tax Abuse. It's a great read. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Jeff, J-E-F-F at C-I-I dot O-R-G. Till next time, I'm Jeff Mahoney. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voice of Corporate Governance, brought to you by the Council of Institutional Investors. The Voice of Corporate Governance is a free, non-sponsored podcast that highlights critical developments in corporate governance and other important issues affecting institutional investors. The views expressed by those interviewed on the podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CII or its members. For more information on CII and its policies on corporate governance, please visit our website at www.cii.org.